I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. On today's podcast, author Garth Jones and I discuss David Michaud's 2014 film, The Rover. My name is Justin Hamilton and you're listening to Big Squid Presents... Hello, thanks for joining me today. I have some news for you after this podcast, but for now, let's get right into this from Blue Tongue Films. Set in the near future where the rule of law has disintegrated along with the rest of society, a drifter known as Eric wanders across this desolate and dangerous land alone. When thieves steal his only remaining possession, Eric chases after them and is soon accompanied by Ray, a man who has a connection to the people who stole from him. It's time to enter the world of the Rover. It's over for you. I know that. Whatever you think's over for me was over a long time ago. Wrapped that we suggested this movie because I didn't realize you hadn't seen it before. I fucking loved it. Yes, great. <laughs> I, I, I got the email from you and I, I was in the middle of working at the chase and I, I, I saw the headline and it, it was, it's, I'm glad that you had that reaction to it. I am, ab- yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm shocked that I, my cultural cringe was such 10 years ago that I didn't see it at the time. Yeah. Uh, it was like, 
probably Cinema Nova. Yep. In Melbourne, uh, probably bypassed it for some other piece of shit. But like, yeah, this yeah. is like what a fucking movie. Like David yeah. Michaud, I'm gonna put it out there now so I can pronounce it properly. Yes, Michaud, not Michaud. Yes. <laughs> um, where is he now? What's going on? Oh well, you know he is a phenomenal director, and yeah. it's um. Uh, while I quickly just look that up, um, what uh, does this technically fit into the osploitation genre? Or it, I, I kind of feel that it does, but it's almost like it's um, it's almost like it's a uh, osploitation movie with all of the camp taken out. Um, I mean, when you we well backing up the truck, uh, we originally suggested Wake in Fright. To the movie, yep. Um, the film, not the TV series, because yep. no one wants to do that. Um, but we discovered that you can't actually watch it <laughs> in like, Australia. Couldn't even find it on YouTube. Like normally, on you- fucking YouTube. Like it's like a you know, like a, a grainy nineteen ninety seven rip or something. Yeah, and it's, um, it's also uh, unedited. Like it's not the yeah. like it's the pro- not the right one. So we, we're going to get there eventually, but like. Um, and you threw this one out. I'd never seen it, and it's yeah, a shockingly under-rated um, Australian film that's <laughs> just blown my mind. I'm, yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's good because it is the point of this podcast is to look at these great films that yep. you know because we do have cultural cringe at the moment and we don't yeah. give australian movies a go uh david Michaud- and, and i think yeah in, in in reference to your question like exploitation wise like it's like anti-exploitation like i read some interviews with the director david Michaud, uh talking about how he was you know this is like not mad max yes yes uh you know the cars are all just like someone's got them down their suburban driveway yeah. Uh, and that's the end of the world. Like, you need to, uh, yeah. And there's lots of nihilistic, depressing stuff we'll probably tuck into while yeah. we're discussing this. But yeah, like, that's literally like a dude's just like decided that like he's going to drive around the wasteland now. Yeah. And that's what it is. It's that's suburb. It. It's like, you know, it's uh, regional South Australia. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, it's, um, a hell of a run of films. So he does Animal Kingdom in 2010, which is, yep. A st- Stone Cold Classic. That is a hell of a film. Um, then you get The Rover. Uh, the one I haven't seen is War Machine, and I don't know why I wouldn't have seen it, because it has uh, Brad Pitt in it, uh, and uh, Tilda Swinton and Ben Kingsley, uh, Anthony Michael Hall, uh, and it's a satirical war comedy film. So that's the one I haven't seen. Uh, but I was a fan of The King as well, that he did yep. with... Um, uh, with uh, Timothy Chalamet and also has Robert Patterson coming in, fucking pitching a 1,010 in that movie as well. And uh, his next one, which is coming out this year, is called Wizards. And uh, it was shot in Cairns and there just doesn't seem to be, off the top of my head, much other information other than it stars Pete Davidson, Naomi Scott, uh, Sean Harris and Orlando Bloom, and also that another story by that he's collaborated with, uh, you know, my Australian man crush and Joel Edgerton. I love Not him. Nash, Joel. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love Nash as well. He's yeah. fucking. I've been lucky enough to spend a bit of time with Nash, and it's it's like, god damn it, 
This is what a cool Aussie man is. <laughs> so uh, this is a, but this is a fucking bleak film. Before we get into you know talking about how much we loved it, like if you're gonna watch it, like maybe have some really crunchy snacks to chew on to get you through the stress, or even just have a bit in your mouth. <laughs> well, yeah, for sure, yeah. It's- <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, I was, uh, yeah, dropped straight into it. And I was like, oh, actually, this feels like exactly what it's like living in the bush. Yeah. (laughs) But then also, there's nowhere to go. There's nowhere to go. There's nowhere to go. And and it's such a uh, brutal and uh, perfect beginning because I would say the opening credit of Australia 10 years after the collapse, for me, that's right up there with a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Like, you just automatically know exactly where you are even though whatever it is you're about to find out yeah i mean i did a lot of i I, like this film doesn't have like a lot of um reviews or like there's there's not a lot of like stuff out there Um, the idea of just like the collapse is what we're talking about which is like sorry listeners but imminent (laughs) Or, yeah. you know, depressed, you know, Dave Anthony, at Dave Anthony, you know, Twitter. Um, yeah. It's a thing that will happen. Um, you know, it's everything you enjoy is going to go away. Yeah. And fuck, what do, you, what do you do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And this is Guy Pearce's character, Eric, who's not referred to by Eric in the film. But, like, he's just, yeah, it's just, like, how do you behave when, like, everything that you know has ended yeah yeah uh the i have to say the cinematography by natasha breyer is out of control like it's so uh it is bleak but it is also incredibly beautiful and i feel like it's uh out of a lot of the australian movies that we've watched it's uh as you said earlier it, it feels like the outback it feels exactly like what we've experienced in everyday life yep i mean yeah i mean having you know waking up in the middle of the desert is a pretty confronting thing. And like being knocked out by Scoot McNary. Oh yeah. <laughs> prior to that. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's a, uh, you know, if you're, um, yeah, it's isolation is like hard to contemplate, I guess, but like, yeah, that's a, that's the most isolated you're going to be. No car, no, you know, you're going to have to walk like a hundred kilometers to go anywhere. Yeah. And it, and it is, you know, I, I think it was kind of, just sort of saying it's like a Mad Max film is it's it's being a little bit lazy because it's the first step and it I think it's much more the realistic Mad Max it's the it's the Mad Max with all the camp taken yep. out which is the the part that lots of people fail to you know talk about like uh, it wasn't until I was much older that I realized how gay Mad Max <laughs> movies are don't you think like in their uh, hot well, pants with their butts out and, you know, running around in leather and bubbles and It looks and like eating. a fucking good time. Like, <laughs> it's a fun apocalypse. Like, just get yeah. the armor all, like, off you go. <laughs> like, yeah. Get your get your vinyl pants from, like, Hound Dog. Uh, yeah. That's a reference I've run from 25 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just fucking the apocalypse looks pretty fun. Yeah, as long as but you're like, on the right team. Yeah. Uh, but this is, yeah, this is, like, the very... You know, foot in the throat, 
uh, moment where you're like, oh, shit, this actually would be a terrible thing to experience. Yeah, yeah. Uh, You know, like having to like barter for like basic things. Like I'll at the initially I was like, why? Where's the petrol? Yeah. Where's the petrol? Why can they drive around? Um, Well, there's all these things where you're just sort of like, well, shit's not working very well. Yeah, I think yeah. you probably just go from uh, vehicle to vehicle, and you, yeah. you know, you it, it, it must come through. You know, the there's that quite, uh, like not scary, but um, uh, I guess it's uh, uh, it feels like a dream when the when the trains go past, and I feel like they're probably filled with fuel. That's why you've got yeah. all the soldiers on them, and that it gets parcelled out where it can. Yep. And that's like a, a reference to like China being the the dominant global superpower at that point. Yeah, because um, yeah, uh, that's the Australia is essentially like a yeah a regional mining outpost again. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it looks like. Yeah. Uh, also, the, uh, the the beginning with the uh, you know Australia ten years after the collapse, and uh, I couldn't help but it, it, I, I suddenly felt like ah. Uh, I felt like I was on the other side of the world of the world of uh, Interstellar. You know, it's like he—they're all off doing things over there, but these are the poor bastards left behind. Yep, <laughs> it's it, brutal. Yeah, it is like yeah, essentially like just people just hanging out in the middle of middle of nowhere doing <laughs> whatever, just grinding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm glad uh, I, I didn't realise his name was Eric. I don't think it was ever mentioned in the movie. I've seen it a few times. And then when I looked it up and it said his name was Eric, I was like, oh, okay. Um, but Guy Pierce is, well, you know, seems a bit, you know, lame to just say, guess what? Guy Pierce was great. <laughs> Guy Pierce is great. What a fucking king. Like, yeah. why is his career not as, I mean, he's chosen to do what he does, but like, it's, He's just a shockingly great actor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he is. Uh, his his stillness and how quiet he is, and you can't take your eyes off him. You know, the from the start when you see him in his car, and then pulling into that bar to just sort of sit by himself. Even that bar is shockingly well made in 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 the world building sense. You know, yeah. it is uh, a place that is. Even the way he kind of gets a drink and the and the guys in there and it it looks so hot and smelly and and you can't take your eyes off him and he's not said a word at this point really he's just kind of very much a man caught and trapped in his own thoughts and he is mesmerizing. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he's astonishing. I mean, like he's got like a bit of a limp. Like he's doing some like you you know basic sort of like he's building character through like his um you know his bearing like yeah. he's a very and the fact like the you know the first shot you see of him is just like sitting there with flies yes sitting on his face yeah and he just doesn't give a fuck yeah that's yeah. a you know indicator of like what he's been through or like what the the character journey is going to be like he's yeah. just a He's a bit of a robot, I guess. Yeah, yeah. His face doesn't even twitch. I'd be having no. a nervous breakdown as an actor, but <laughs> Guy Pearce manages to uh, hold it back. Um, 
We While he's in the bar, we cut to the three men, Archie, Caleb and Henry, fleeing in a truck after a robbery has gone wrong. They've left behind Henry's injured brother, Ray. The men have an argument and the car flips, which we see from the perspective of the bar that Erica's in. Hell of a shot. That With all that, that kind of, what is it? Uh, it sounds like Japanese kind of music, pop it's music. Can- I, th- I think it's Cantonese. Cantonese. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. a range of like different, yeah, Asian cultures mixed yes. up in it. But yeah, it's uh, interesting that like, yeah, uh, Michelle has gone with that uh, idea of like, you know, that's where we're at 10 years time, I guess. Yeah. And yeah. it's it's kind of this, uh, the, the, the shot for when people see the film is uh, uh, Eric's in the bar with the music playing, which is very gentle and, and, and quite sparse. And then you just see the car through the window flip and crash it's a hell of a stunt like it's a it's an old school yep. you know there's weight to it you know yeah, uh, it's, a, it's a yeah it's a yeah it's a george miller situation <laughs> yeah yeah and yeah. And, and, that, and that that's where the comparisons to mad max are correct you know yep. it's uh that that's what i mean about it or feeling like it's a halfway point in uh, comparison, but you have to go the full way and point out how stripped it is of just about everything. Um, <laughs> no arseless chaps. And no arseless chaps whatsoever. Um, he's not in the film for long, but casting Scoot McNary is a winning move, right? Yeah, I had to go back and think about Scoot. Um, obviously, well, to my detriment, I've seen Batman versus Superman. <laughs> Uh, oh right, God! At the cinema, but yeah, like he's yeah he's obviously got like a a career outside of that. Where, wow, yeah. I yeah. can't begin to tell you how <laughs> you could have given me thirty guesses and I would not have remembered him in that. I um, uh, he he was the guy who exploded. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 uh, no. I remember now, but uh, the the movie that I always think of him in uh, when his name comes up is Killing Them Softly, yep. which is. Yep. You know, once he, he, Scoot and Ben Mendelsohn as a as a useless double act is, yep, one of the great things. And uh, also, uh, that that's a movie that has one of the all time great last lines in a uh, in a film. So and if anyone's a, never Brad's, seen that, Brad's hair is on point in that as well. Uh, well I've seen that as well. But yeah, for some yeah. reason, like I always think of yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> <Batman Yeah. versus laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, he he is a underused asset, and I think. When we get towards the end of the movie, like, holy shit! <laughs> well, that's why you have someone like Scoot because yeah. you need that ending to land. And yeah. even though it's only three scenes, uh, all those scenes kind of land because he gives them the gravitas. Devastating. Yeah. 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 Um, the men survive the accident, jump out of their truck that is trapped in debris, and steal Eric's car. And finally, Eric comes to his senses, jumps in the truck, and takes chase. Um, Man, I love this chase scene. One of the things I love about this chase scene is that they they can't get the... They, once again, it's a little bit of character building as well. The three guys take Eric's car because they can't get the truck out of the debris, but he can. Like it, And it's like sitting with him just working yeah. it out is, <laughs> is great. And it tells you something about uh, the life that he's lived. He's essentially a term- the Terminator. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. he it, but he's also quite clearly a guy who's lived out there yeah. all this time and probably when shit was fine has ended up in a situation where it's fucking hard to get your truck well, out. Well, when <laughs> when I when I saw them do that, I was like that's pretty basic, guys. <laughs> Just yeah. <a> fucking car. 
Yeah. It's not that hard to do. Um, Yeah, just like there are coils of like um, hose, I guess, hosing. Yeah. And it's just like, just fucking move it or just like back over it, just change gear. Yeah. But like that's, I guess we're going to talk about um, ideas around like, again, Americans and like people coming into Australia and not understanding the landscape. Yes. And like it's a basic you know, uh, situational ideal that you can just like fix that pretty quickly. You can yes. just be pragmatic about it. Um, but yeah, that was hilarious. It's like, just back over it. <laughs> just yeah. change here, dudes. Yeah. Well, it also, it also uh, speaks to whatever they've been up to. This is probably why it hasn't gone well because they yeah. can't even work this out. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, Come on, guys. Yeah. And and there's like David Field, who's like an amazing Australian character actor who's only like 15 years older than us. Yeah. Shock to discover. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like he's like one of the characters in Archie in that scene. And yeah. he should know. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're. He should know. I think they're all a bit useless, especially yeah. when we see what's gone down. And yeah. uh, I also love that there's just so many different accents in this movie, you know, it's like people have just come from all over the world to try and find somewhere to go ending up here. And, you know, this is how it's worked out. Yeah. This is how it's worked out. Uh, but the chase scene, it, it, it like, I'm well, not yeah, saying like just the, the creeping sort of jaws, like notion of like him sort of stopping and starting. Yeah. Like Eric sort of like creeping on them as they sort of try to escape from him. Like all that sort of, just like, just a, They've got guns. Yeah. He doesn't fucking care. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. He is uh he is centered. But also I'm not I'm not saying this chase scene is comparable uh in the way of excitement because it's one of the great chase scenes of all time. But what it did mildly remind me of is Steve McQueen and Bullet, where one of the underrated aspects of that chase scene is there is a bit of cat and mouse and a little bit of, you know, it doesn't kick off immediately. It's one of those yep. ones where it's I'm behind him. I'm, he's kind of onto me. He's just going to move to the left. It's all quite gentle, and then suddenly it, it then picks up and becomes, you know, for me the greatest chase scene in a movie. And yep. this, this is kind of just like the start of it, where he, you know, Eric completely, as you said, those guys have guns, but his focus on them completely rattles all three of them like yeah. it, like it, it, it and it makes sense because in a lesser film you just think well they just should have shot him and that would be the end of the movie but they are just too freaked out by this guy none of it quite makes sense yeah he's as i said like he's a terminator like he's yeah. got like a yeah his objective um as you'll find out you know controversially <laughs> To some yeah. people, I guess, but yeah, like um, he's got an objective, and yeah, he's, yeah, he's a very pissed off individual. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's a he's an angry man. We'll uh, we'll uh, explore that uh, when yeah. it uh, arrives in the film. Uh, the men knock Eric out and leave him and the truck abandoned. Um, oh, you know, also when he comes to and he get finds the keys to the truck, uh, I like the editing there, which makes you think, man, he's been. He's woken up and he's had to look for a while as well. It's not one of yep. those ones where, oh, there there it is. Like he's had to really put in the effort. Um, but we go back to Ray 
the brother who was left behind, he's uh, injured, he's surrounded by dead soldiers, he gets into an army truck and goes looking for his brother. And this was the film, for me, that made me really set up and take proper notice of Robert Patterson. This was a little bit, um, uh, this felt a little bit like uh, Brad Pitt's California performance, you know, and uh, what's your history with, with Patterson? Um, uh, I, I have seen 50% of the Twilight films. Yeah. I've seen, uh, I've seen mainly, a few of them for reviews. Mainly for girlfriends. Yeah. <laughs> I hate to say that, but yeah. Um, and I remember seeing Breaking Dawn part two with, uh, Martin Sheen, uh, extremely drunk in Foster <laughs> in yep. Northern New South Wales. Um, I think he's great. Like, you know, yeah. like, not not as a not as a Batman stan or anything, but like he's legitimately going for it. Yeah. I'm a fan. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, some of the reviews I read of this were sort of like on the fence. Um but fuck, he's <laughs> he, he he's got he's you know, he's like worked with Cronenberg. Yeah. Like he's he's going for it. Yeah. Um, so Cedric Diggory or whatever it was in like Harry Potter, like so what? Yeah, yeah. Look, it's it, it, I, like it's uh, I, I don't kind of shit on that stuff because he was young and that was yeah. You know, they're all good starting points, and he makes his money yeah. and he gets his name out there. I, mean, I watched then- um, uh, the Weird Al Yankovic, you know, biopic the other day with uh, Daniel um, Radcliffe. Radcliffe, yeah, yeah. And fucking great. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. much fun. But but the the thing is is that um you know. He he had a less interesting route that he could have taken. Yeah, and uh, he he took chances. He uh, you know uh, you know getting getting a little bit of uh, ahead of ourselves. But uh, Michaud uh, said that uh, Patterson auditioned for this, yeah. and he yeah. had to win it over other actors. And uh, he was blown away by his smarts, and he was uh, I think he was kind of expecting a little bit of a pretty boy. And then he comes in and he just commits completely to this role. Like, you know, he comes in at 100 k's an hour in The King and I love him in Tenet, like, you know, that whole performance yep. there. Uh, he's he's an interesting actor and, uh, like, you know, I'm, I'm thankful we have someone in that age range because it feels like, you know, he's going to avoid... Like I know he's making the Batman, well, but he's making that with Matt Reeves. You know, it's you know, not. Like, it's the not. Lighthouse. It, but it's the, the yeah, the lighthouse. Yeah. You know, you know but like, he's not just watching him do that stuff. It's like yeah, he doesn't. Yeah, he's yeah, clearly up for a challenge. And you know. but he's not. He's working with directors. He's yeah. not working with uh, people who are given something to direct, which is yep. you know the the problem with a lot of these big blockbusters now. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, I'm I'm into him. Yep. Um, yeah, fuck, he's funny in the lighthouse. That movie is so it's, funny. It's, who, who doesn't want to wank with Willem Dafoe? Hey, <laughs> like, like when you put it that way, I'm not entirely sure who uh, who would turn that down. But he's, um, God, he fucking looks like he stinks in this film as well. It's uh, well, there's uh, the, the Lost City of Z as well. Have you seen oh, that? No, I haven't seen that. Okay, that was like I think it was 2015, 2016, which is like a. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's a um, film about like um, what are they doing? I guess they're essentially just like hunting for like gold in the nineteen thirties. 
Right. It's a, it's I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. It's really good. Um, yeah. Like he, yeah, and he plays against type again, again, you know, like he's just completely unrecognizable, just doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. He's, yeah. um, he's great in uh, Claire Denis' uh, movie High Life, if you've ever seen okay. that yeah. before. Um, and, uh, you know, an- another film that kind of makes you feel like you have to chew on something while you watch it, but, uh, Good Times. Uh, okay. The Safdie Brothers is also another This is the Robert Pattinson uh, fangirl podcast. <laughs> Mate, I don't give a shit. Like, <laughs> if, if anyone wants to fucking question me on it, I, I, I'll fucking get a tattoo. I'm I'm ready to go with uh, Pattinson. Need more uh, evanescence in the Batman, though. No. <laughs> uh Look, yeah. Look, don't get me anyway. I, I'm, I'm so fucking done with comics and uh, like uh, ever. You know what? Alan Moore brought me into the world of loving comics, and Alan Moore has yeah, taken he's me out. Me out, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Thunderman has uh, has cooked destroyed. Me. Yeah. <laughs> Can't think about it. <laughs> Not think about it. Uh, we working on the chase. There was a poor guy who was. Just absolutely lovely. 54 talked about how he makes costumes and, you know, has his Star Wars kits and all this kind of stuff. And all I could think about was Alan Moore talking about our infantilized culture. And I was like, oh, man, I'm yeah, out. It's done. Yeah, it's done. It's done. Yep. Um, so Eric wakes up, finds the keys to the truck and drives to the next town looking for the stolen car. At this point, not not talking about, the whole film, but at this point, were you just a little bit fascinated as to why he just didn't keep the truck? Because the truck looks better to me. It's a good truck. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's just, uh, yeah, I think all the narrative choices are driving you towards like, why does he care so much about yeah. his Holden Commodore yeah. 19, you know, 2009, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he's like relentless. And, yeah. you know, that that truck, I mean, we live in an SUV age now and that truck's a bit shit. Um, right. But, like, it's a, yeah, it, it definitely drives you into wondering what the fuck's going on with this guy. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. wonder if one of the, you know, the movie didn't do well at the box office and, and as you said, <sighs> seems to have so depressing. sunk between the... Uh, <laughs> you know, the, the cracks a little bit. I wonder if, um, you know, to be critical of the film, I wonder if there 
maybe was something in the language, you know, like I need, you know, because he just says over and over again, I want my car. That's yep. pretty much the sentence that he says. Yep. And that's a choice. And I understand the choice. But I wonder if a lot of people watching it forget to think about why he wants the car. So I wonder if, uh, you know, just some simple language choices of, you know, I need it or I have to have it, you know, just to kind of change it up, just so it kind of locks into people's conscious a little bit. I don't know. Uh, I I read a review uh, that compared this to The Big Lebowski. Hell yeah. <laughs> just want my rug back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, he says, but he says it in a lot of different ways. He sure does, yeah. Yeah. So maybe that's uh, I, I, to that. I, I, I think it just comes back to cultural cringe. I just don't think, like, it made $300,000 off, like, a $3 million budget, something yeah, like that. Yeah, something like that, yeah. It's just insane. And it's like, we're, this is a fucking great movie. Yeah. It is a legitimately excellent film that was at Cannes. Um, it's, you know... I hate to like roll out Tarantino again, but like, you know, he's someone who's like on top of it and saying this is like a great piece of cinema, but yeah. Australians just don't appreciate <laughs> yeah, what we're actually doing in our own backyard. And there's only like a few, unfortunately, male directors like Ivan Sen, um, Michaud, um, you know, but there's not a, a, a great amount of uh, Warwick Thornton yeah. great amount of cinema being made. But we fucking kill it, but no one goes to see it. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. really, really upsetting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, just, uh, it's just deranged that we can't see, like, how good we are. Well, I wonder if it, it comes, you know, uh, there's that um, there's that interview that I heard, I think we've discussed this before, with Steven Soderbergh when he made Lucky Logan. And yep. he uh, said to the to the production company and everything, he said, we're not... We're not going to promote this. Like, it's ridiculous that if a movie costs $100 million, you have to spend $100 million promoting it. Like, that is a ridiculous way to... It's just a waste, a waste of money. We're going to do this in a smarter way. We're going to do this in a better way. And we're going to do this in a cheaper way. And at the end of him explaining what they did, and he said, and I was wrong. <laughs> the movie just sunk like a stone. Yeah. And... Uh, I wonder if part of the problem with Australian films is that unless you're, you've got the Baz Luhrmann cachet of yep. uh, production and promotion, the fact is is that I would have a guess that... Actually, people listening to this podcast, please let us know, did you ever hear of this film when it first came out? Like maybe, maybe it's just the lack of uh, uh, promotion budget. Yep. I don't yeah, know. I mean, as I said, like I, I think I noticed it was on at Nova. Yeah. On Ligon Street. Yeah. Like in a very limited sort of window. So yeah. maybe that's just not a thing that people, yeah, are aware so of. I also have a bit of a theory that uh because of uh the proliferation of blockbusters, that people don't see films you know, the majority of people don't see films for any other experience but a good time. And you know, it's like you didn't go and see Schindler's List to have a good time. You went to Schindler's List to see a master director's uh, yep. take on uh, an important novel uh, about an important time in history, and and you learnt about it, and you you know it was you you went in to engage with different emotions, and I I 
when I talk to people, uh, especially younger people, that seems to be like when I bring that up, it's like saying, you know, I ice skate wearing nothing but toenails. Like it just makes no sense to them. Yep. And, yep. Uh, you know, like I, I'll tell you here and now, Oppenheimer is going to fucking crater because, and I reckon it will probably be his best film, but I just don't think anyone wants to go and see a film like that. They want to go and see something that's fun at the cinema. Yeah, I guess this is like the post-pandemic world where it's all just like you don't you don't go for like any sort of elevation. You're just going because you want to have a good time. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, I get it, but like I, I went and saw The Flash the other week because I'm a moron. <laughs> and <laughs> Mate, you got to do what I do. As soon as the movies come out, read all the spoilers and inoculate no, yourself. I did. I did the Justin Hamilton. I uh, took a bottle of wine, <laughs> right, into the into the film. Yeah, and it was just like, fucking, what is the fucking point of this? Like, yeah. I, I thought it was, you know, it was fun at the time. Right. <clears throat> it was like, hey, there's George Clooney. Hooray! Yeah. That's something I understand. Hey, there's, yeah. you know, like a reference to something I get from like when I was 12. But yeah, the overall experience was just completely numbing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like I, I don't care about the special effects. The special effects were fine. Uh, but I just find it completely, yeah, it, it, it's just a innovating experience, I guess, now. Just to go into the movies and just like see the same shit. That you yeah. saw when you were t- 10. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I look forward. I actually, I made a note in the diary to go and see Oppenheimer. Yeah. <laughs> so talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to be pretty fantastic, especially knowing the source work and it will be yep. tense and that. But, you know, when I see, you know, the, the press that's coming out and, and some of Nolan's peers have said, hey, the, you know, you've kind of made a, r-rated horror movie about the <laughs> nuclear bomb yep. and i just go man this movie's fucked everyone's gonna go and see barbie and 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 also the comparisons between barbie mission impossible and oppenheimer are so ridiculous because it's kind of like comparing i don't know the new taylor swift album with the new arctic monkeys and a new ruchi sakamoto album do you know yeah. what i mean it's like they're yeah. yeah i know they're all music but they're all very different things and but everything's reduced to box office. Taylor Swift. Is Taylor sold out? Yeah, no, yeah. I don't give a fuck. Like, I'm, I'm not against her, but I also don't care. Um, in in the town, he visits an opium den and discovers a little person and two Chinese acrobats from a. It's gonna be a three-hour podcast. Yep. Oh yeah, it'll be fine. We'll get there. Uh, he visits uh, an opium den and discovers a little person and two Chinese acrobats from a traveling circus in the back room. Uh, did you? Did you realise they were from a travelling circus or did you notice that only when you did your No, research? I looked it up, yeah. Yeah, I didn't I realise that either. I mean, it makes sense. Um, but, yeah, there was nothing I could find that actually, like, helped me understand. But, it, you know, um, regional South Australia, sure. Yeah. Well, but this is, once again, this is... um detail. Well, this is part of, uh, you know... The, the, the criticism that I have of the film is I love that it's minimalist, but maybe you could have given us a little bit more. And I, I think, uh, you know, like even even seeing like part of the circus all kind of manky and, you know, yeah. 
yeah. like just just something to because I I wouldn't have known lots of stuff unless I you know did the research. No, I didn't pick it up at all. No. Uh, the little person takes Eric to his trailer to buy a gun. He throws a rock at a chained and defenseless dog. He attempts to sell the gun to Eric for $300, but Eric doesn't have that amount, tries to barter for less. And in the end, he just shoots the little person and leaves with the gun. And what does it say about me that I was fine with him being shot after he threw the rock at the dog? <laughs> well, we'll learn more and more about that, won't we? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah, that was a character moment. Um, I think well, we liked Eric more. <laughs> well, there's yeah, absolutely. But there's also a, part of what I love about that scene is there's a moment after he shoots him that he's just kind of, uh, I actually didn't want to do that. You know, there's uh, yep. there's just it's not regret, but he didn't he didn't want to go that far. No, no, we yeah, it's uh, I mean it's. What, 15 minutes into the movie? 20 minutes into the movie? Oh, no, it's further than that. Is it further? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we, we've, we've, we've had the, the opening. We've seen what's happened to Ray. Yeah. You know, it's um, like it's, you know, it's... But yeah, it's like a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a moment where it's like, well, this isn't, isn't Mad Max. Oh, yeah. You know, this is like actually like he's just like a ruthless, you know, individual who's going to be ready to, you know, take care of himself. Yeah. Yeah. And well, it's it's like most violence in the real yeah. world, which is when it happens, it happens so sudden. quickly. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, whoa. Hang on a minute. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, he was a nice guy. You know, he just wanted his money for the gun. American dollars, not Australian dollars. And see, like. <laughs> see, that's a tasty little touch that I like. That. Well, yeah. I mean, the whole critique of capitalism is like super fun, mm. but never really you know, explored too hard. Um, you know, the idea that like, you know, a lot of these people have like migrated to Australia to work in the mines uh, because this is the last industry that's happening on the planet. Yeah. Um, ironically, I guess, um, American dollars are, I mean, this was written in like 2009, 2010. Yeah. yeah. So ironically, American money is still worth something. Yeah. Whereas after the global financial crisis, maybe it wouldn't have been such a big deal. Um, but yeah, like people have migrated to Australia to live in a sh- outback towns and do mining. And this is where they've ended up. It's- well, the, the other thing is, is that maybe American dollars don't hold the same cachet that they once did, but they're probably still worth more than Australian dollars. <laughs> well, they just don't know because there's no internet. <laughs> Yeah. Or like, you know, there's just not, nothing to tell you that like, yeah, that money is worth nothing. I mean, there's a conversation where it's like, this is just paper. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and that's entirely correct. Or, yeah. you know, or there's, you know, the that scene with the grandma where it's just like, oh my God. <laughs> oh yeah. So Eric yeah. goes in and has a confrontation with the opium den's owner, which is the grandma. And, uh, Far out when she offers him to sleep with one of the boys, and it's like, oh, like the way she does it as well. It's 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 a really kind of skin crawling moment, and uh, that uh, that actress is amazing, by the way. Like she's yeah. only in it for a little while, but she's uh, she's pitching a hundred k's an hour as well, don't you think? Gillian Jones, yeah, yeah, like, and she's been around for a, you know she's like seventy six now, I think. 
Yeah. yeah. Been around for a while. Oh my gosh. She's so good. When Eric yeah, returns. It's devastating uh, because it's just like the, I mean, yeah, not wanting to constantly think about the apocalypse, but like it's on your mind. Um, the casual economy of like what people will do. Yeah. Is just pretty heartbreaking, I guess. Yeah. 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 Well, there's, uh, you know, there's no society, and without any society, there's yeah. no sense of uh, right or wrong. Yeah. Um, this is a fun podcast for a wrong. Yeah. Well, you know, it's like, <laughs> fuck it, we gave them still claw. Um, yeah. Hey, how about howling, howling three? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, when Eric returns to his truck, he finds uh, Ray there, barely hanging on, looking for his brother. He faints, and Eric finds out about a doctor that will treat Ray. Um, the opium den, madam. Uh, you know, also uh, the, the first interaction between Pierce and Patterson is great, but also the shopkeeper uh, is fantastic as well. And that's only a small moment, but when he's going in and just trying to find out information, he has to yep. he has to buy literally like a can of beans or something to be allowed to you know ask his simple question of where this doctor is. Is it's all riveting. <sighs> Yeah. Um, have you have you been to Yanta? Uh, whereabouts is that? that feels... That's between Broken Hill and uh, Adelaide. Uh, I think I've. Uh, I honestly think I've driven through it. I reckon you have probably. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I mean, that's that's the situation. Like you're literally like buying petrol. <laughs> yeah. Well, not not quite through like the the window, but like yeah, it's a a similar scenario where you're just like, oh my god, like I'm as remote as I can be. Yeah, yeah. And I need to parlay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Doctor stitches up Ray, but the next day two vehicles approach. Eric senses danger and realises they're the travelling circus members seeking revenge after he shot their little buddy. Uh, they kill the Doctor's companion and Eric kills all of them before leaving with Ray. Far out. Like, this scene, once again, the violence happens so quickly and we also learn that... Uh, Geez, Eric's a good shot, right? Yeah, he seems to be, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that whole scene, uh, that whole area of, you know, the the poor woman trying to look after uh, Ray, where she is, but it's uh, it's uh, all, all the dogs out the back, which is quite mesmerising and, and speaks to the end of the film. But at the time, you don't know it. And uh, it's, you know, the revelation that people are, she has to keep them in, caged up because they're a dogs that families have left behind and b she has to protect them because if people find them they'll eat them and you're like yep this movie just keeps getting a little bit more bleak doesn't it <laughs> yep uh yeah no comment yeah yeah <laughs> plenty of uh, Eric and Ray stay at a motel and uh, Eric is away from the room, but Ray sees an army vehicle driving down the street, hides behind a bed with a revolver. Someone rattles the door and he fires, but discovers he's murdered the motel owner's daughter. Soon the soldiers begin shooting before Eric comes to the rescue and kills the soldiers. Uh, One of those soldiers is Nash Edgerton. That gets blown away. Rest in peace, Nash. Nash. (laughs) What, What a shame. Uh, I still love you, Nash. Uh, it's an interesting conversation that comes out of this because it feels like it's a turning point for Ray where he's obviously casually killed people in the past that in his head that he can kind of uh, make sense of, but accidentally killing this poor girl, 
you know, he he suddenly feels remorse and it feels like yeah. he uh, starts to kind of be a slightly different person to the uh, guy that we meet at the start. It's, yeah, I, I think it's interesting too that like the conversation towards the end of the movie where um, Scoot accuses uh, Guy Pierce of, or Eric, of brainwashing his brother. Right. You know, like he's like, what have you done to him? Yeah. Because he's not a murderer. Right. And now he's turned this corner. Um, yeah. It's a, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a pivot point and it's a interesting sort of notion that like, because you learn more about Eric as we go on in the film. Yeah. And maybe he's a malign influence. Right. You know? Uh, that's an interesting read. I don't know, uh, I don't know if I read it that way, but that's, uh, that is an interesting way of looking yeah, at like it. like an angel of death to some extent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I sort of, uh, th- th- yeah, I kind of felt that. I wondered if through, like, uh, that's interesting. I kind of, uh, you know, getting to the, well, we may as well just go to the ending yeah, then. Just, just, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, w- w- hang on a sec, because we've uh, it's uh, we've kind of jumped ahead, and there's still an interesting. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll just skip it. All right. Uh, they eventually uh, arrive at the place that the men have escaped to and find Eric's car, and uh, Ray wants to confront his brother, but Eric must be talked into it, and soon the scene devolves into violence. Uh, so yeah, so I guess he has changed him. But um, I think, yeah, I think that was my interpretation of the last scene where it was like, uh, you know, <clears throat> sure, um, they may have abandoned Ray, but like <clears throat> maybe Eric has done a lot of bad work in the interim. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, uh, Eric gets, uh, you know, everyone ends up dead essentially and it's uh you know probably where this movie was always going to land with these characters uh eric gets his car back and we discover why he's been so keen to uh, to get it back and it turns out that his dead dog is in the boot and the uh film finishes with him burying his pal and uh, i was uh, i was surprised I, I know quite a few people who hated this ending and uh, I, I thought it was actually quite touching hated it Sorry? Who hated it? Why? What was the issue with the ending? They thought it was lame. Um, it's literally, I guess, it's what, what you do <laughs> in in the apocalypse. <laughs> Hang yeah. on. <laughs> I, I love the ending. I, look, yeah. to, me the, to, to me, the ending about getting the dog is the, it's him bearing the last traces of his humanity. I mean, That's what we, it is. I mean, you know, the story about his wife and, like, her cheating on him and all the rest was sort of, like, superfluous to, like, the dog. But, mm. yeah. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's a... Yeah, I think it works really well. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't cry about it, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I love this film. I think it's great. Uh, I, I think it's really worthwhile seeing. Uh, it's, uh, you know, I'd love them to kind of bring it back to the big screen and, um, you know, for people, cause I was lucky enough to, I, I saw it as a preview. And so I yep. saw it in like a, like a Hoyts or something like that. Yep. So I saw it in pristine quality and 
thought this is going to be massive, and then n- virtually no one saw it. <laughs> Three hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. 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 Uh, definitely uh, worthwhile seeing, uh, but is also, uh, you know. Be prepared that if you're just looking, if you're a cinema goer who just wants a fun, good time, this is not the movie for you. Go and see Barbie. Go and see Barbie. Uh, you Which know, I'll, see, I'll see Barbie too. I'll see Barbie. It's not. I'd it, like to go and see Barbie with you. Yes, I would too. Yeah. The I'm not against Barbie. I'm against all the tedious asshats who seem to be excited to see Barbie. And when you say, oh, yeah, I am too because I'm a Greta Gerwig fan, say, what? Or, oh, yeah, but she's married to that dickhead Noah Baumbach. And you go, great, this is a good conversation. I'm so um, glad. Well, yeah, there's that too. Yeah. Um, anyway. Let's go and see Barbie. I'm going to be in uh, Sydney in September. <laughs> oh, right. Will it still be going in September? Oh, uh, Hopefully, yeah. Yeah, fingers crossed. We'll go right? and hold hands. End That's of fine. July. We'll dress in pink and go and see it. Uh, done. Where, where can people find you? And uh, you've uh, released I'm your three volumes of... On Twitter and Instagram, uh, increasingly disinterested, uh, working on a new thing called Rental Hell, which is yep. going to be funny, uh, about the rental crisis, which everyone loves. Great. Um, it's a bit of an uplifting thing to finish this podcast on. And yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, we're going to do some more fun movies soon. Yeah, great. All right. Thanks for that, Garth. Bye. Thanks to Garth for joining me for the podcast today. Uh, This is the end of Season 7. I'll be taking a short break while I get on top of some work and gear up for our next season. I'll still be recording podcasts for Patreon, so if you want to hear my thoughts on Oppenheimer, Barbie, Asteroid City and more, you will find me over there. You can find me at patreon.com forward slash Justin Hamilton and there will be a tier that suits you. That's patreon.com forward slash Justin Hamilton. Uh, Part of the reason I'm finishing this season now is that I have signed up for shows in South Korea at the end of the month. Yep, South Korea. I'm heading over with Nikki Britton. We're going to be doing a show together and I'm very excited about that. But with everything else that's on, something had to give. So this seemed like a good place to draw this season to a close and give me enough time to get everything ready for the next season. Uh, Also, Adelaide friends, I'll be at the Rhino Room on the 8th of September. So if you're around, I'd love to see you there as well. Thanks for a great season. It's been a lot of fun having your company. Until then.